Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Hello, this is Guy King, and you're listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to uh, yet another edition of the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Yes, you heard that right, Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, like Houdini, but Ludini, like my name, Lou Lombardi. I'm Lou Lombardi, a.k.a. Ludini. You're listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. This is uh, another one of our uh, great interviews we have here today, and I have the uh, amazing, I mean, truly, like, <clears throat> this guy is so classy. I, I don't even know how... You know, he ended up on this on this show with me, but I'm honored we've got the amazing Guy King, master of the Telecaster, uh, with us today. Uh, before we get into all that, though, I'd like to thank my uh, longtime uh, and long-suffering sponsor, Positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine, pplmag.com, Pittsburgh's first internet radio, TV network, and online community magazine business directory. You can listen to and watch and download uh, all kind of audio and video created by members of the community you can great get the great articles uh, on how to do different things and learn all kind of amazing stuff there's coupons you can find businesses it's a very cool place and you can listen to uh, great podcasts like this one and once again that is pplmag.com <clears throat> now the gentleman that i have uh, with us uh, on the line today is this uh, is a tremendous uh, uh blues guitarist but uh i mean he's really carved out his own sound his own style a very distinctive voice and very distinctive guitar style. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Guy King. Welcome, Guy. Hello, Lou. How are you? Thank you very I'm, much. I'm doing great. And you have the right name for blues, man. You know. They, they, they seem to Freddy. work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to be pretty catchy, you know. <laughs> now you're 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 in a long line of kings, my friend. So. So you're oh, in company. I, that's that's very nice of you. I'm I'm just hoping to to do my best, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, tell us, give us guy, uh, give us a little bit about your background because we're listening to uh, some of your records and uh, you know how did you get started? Like you know, first of all, how did you get started like playing the guitar? I'm, I'm assuming that's probably where it started for you. Yeah, it's uh well, I was actually uh, born and raised in Israel. And I uh, came to America. I came to the States later. Uh, I started very early actually singing before I was playing an instrument. Oh, and okay. very, Yeah. Then I was uh, playing the clarinet like at the age of seven. I picked up a guitar uh, that we had at the house because my brother played some at about 13 years old, like a classical nylon string guitar, and started uh, accompanying, you know, different songs that you hear, something like pop or classic rock, just trying to to strum along with your vocals. So uh, that was the beginning, but uh, the strings felt good, the guitar felt good, and very soon after, I started finding myself playing lead guitar, playing solos, figuring out, you know, the positions and how to make it, uh, how to kind of make it sing, you know, to be expressive. Mm -hmm. And this was it. From that, uh, you know, from listening to some, uh, uh, you know, the more popular stuff, maybe Clapton or Hendrix or Steve Ray Vaughan, very early on, I got a, attached to, I understood that he came 
from somewhere being, uh, you know, through liner notes about Robert Johnson or B.B. King or Albert King. And it wasn't easy still in Israel tracing, even getting the records back then. But I was able to find a couple. It was very difficult. I had to kind of, you know, cross fields on the way to the city to walk because I, I grew up in a small village, small country town, and get to the city, take a bus, try to ask for it. A month later, you would get the record, and I would, you know, make the same trip to get to my little country town and just sit with the record and try to, for my guitar to sound like B.B. King or to sound like Albert King. And, uh, you know, kind of like uh, music started this way, even even listening to like, like Stevie Wonder, I remember, and uh, some rhythm and blues as well. And uh, through playing some orchestral stuff as uh, on the clarinet, I had a certain affection and love for, for jazz as well. So things started to gel, but... Uh, the blues guitarist at that time of my early teens uh, definitely took center stage of me trying to to be like them, you know. So, wait a minute. You learned to play before you even came to the United States. Is that what you're... Is that yes. What you're, I understand yeah, that's the truth. So, that's so, the so, truth. And, and you're playing Hendrix and Clapton and everything on a nylon string guitar. Uh, not the leads. Back then, it was more me accompanying, you know, playing some chords and uh-huh, uh-huh, playing okay. some, you know, kind of to sing either what was common then in uh, in Israel, which was like poppy music, or trying to figure out like a certain song. Then I remember my oldest brother bringing home a Clapton CD and a Marvin Gaye CD, and the Clapton being having a lot of guitar on it. Within, I remember within a month, my brother came home and hearing me upstairs, there was one electric guitar that I did not have an amplifier, and it was really difficult to play. So I tried to kind of strum to, I still have it, by the way. I tried to play the solos, and about a month or two after, I did, and he came home and was like, asked my mother, who, who, what is it upstairs? And she was like, that's your brother. So I started oh, wow. like listening to the things, and and it really made a lot of sense to me. You know, I had a lot of love to these things, and you know, and the same thing even more when I heard about Albert King. I remember listening to Blues Power, the song mm-hmm. Blues Power, and really started that really drove you know drove me into to try to figure this this thing out. How how exactly you can make the guitar sting like that and sing like that and be as expressive as, and be as powerful as as it can be. You know, so I started just singing and you know trying to make my guitar sing like the records that I love so much. Okay, um, when did you get, then how, when, when did you come to the United States? At 16 years of age, I was a part of a, a touring band, a vocal touring band that came to the States for a tour of about three or four months. I did that tour and uh, gave me an opportunity to be here in the States and uh, look at things and, uh, and perform a lot as a vocalist and uh, see things, see the States. And uh, I loved the things that I saw and saw that the music was uh, real, you know, it wasn't just yeah. a something on a record. He was really in the streets and I loved that. Yeah. And uh, then uh, I went to Israel. I finished the tour and I finished uh, high school there and uh, I did three years in the army and came here again at 21 years of age to Memphis, Tennessee, spend a short while there, then to New Orleans, really soaking the music in, listening to things, watching the sights, you know, seeing the things yeah. that are actually real, not just a liner note that I read on a B.B. <laughs> King record right. or a Ray Charles record. It was pretty amazing for me, you know. It was uh, it was really wonderful. And in Memphis, I got a hold of a few Ray Charles albums that started being a big influence on me, and some Louis Armstrong, Gatemouth Brown, T-Bone Walker, Robert Johnson, 
came to Chicago, heard more Albert Collins of Freddie King and Otis Rush, and I came here to Chicago. I even met Otis Rush, and shortly after, uh, the, one, the great Willie Kent just asked me to start playing guitar for him, and I was like, okay, uh, yep. So I went quickly, and, went quickly and got myself an amplifier. I remember being at the store, and people asking me, man, you can really play. What, where are you from? And I told him, well, I was very shy. I was 21 years old and came here by myself, you know, with a suitcase and a guitar, and oh, wow. finally got myself a, a tube amplifier and uh, started, started playing, you know. Um. So let's talk a little bit, because you have a very interesting uh, guitar sound and guitar style. Um, uh, I, I would be, before I talk about that real quick, you, have, you also have a very, like, sultry kind, uh, kind of vocal style, too. It's not real. It's, it's very soulful, but it's not, like, a real gruff or growly, like, a, like, you don't have, like, the Howlin' Wolf type sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your sound is, is, I know is what very saying. smooth. So, so is that was that because of the sort of like the the vocal music you were uh, you sang in Israel, or or, or 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 have you cultivated this sound? You you know I uh, I listened to a lot of things. I really really did. I listened to a lot of Holland Wolf and a lot of Muddy Waters. You can tell that Muddy Waters himself, in comparison to to Wolf, is a lot cleaner. His natural oh, yeah, voice yeah. is clean. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even Robert Johnson, that was a big influence to me, was very clean as well. Ray Charles is a little grittier, and if you could tell at certain points on the record, I do like to dig in. But you dig like in another, <laughs> yes. But but at, at certain spots, like uh, you know, BB King that I love listening to sing, Young BB King was as clean as you can have a voice. You know, mm, yeah. and uh, maybe maybe uh, Marvin Gaye and and Sam Cooke are cleaner to as yeah. far as the vocal qualities. And I think. Uh, Another big influence on me vocally, uh, a musician who I think is one of the best that ever uh, stepped foot on on earth and in the States was uh, the great Nat King Cole. And uh, mm-hmm. I cite all of these as influence. I think, you know, I think it's kind of important to try to use the qualities that you have. And maybe I was able to channel to this uh, more recently and not trying to. I think Howling Wolf, that was his talking voice, pretty much. And Louis yeah. Armstrong, too. They did not try to sound like somebody they were not. And I think I was trying to, I'm trying to work the, the set of skills that I have for it to be natural and true. And hopefully the, the listeners can relate to it as well, because I'm trying to be myself, you know, and trying to just uh, master the, the instruments that I received. Well, I mean, I, I think that it really comes through because um, it is very heartfelt. Um, it's a really heartfelt sound and uh, very, uh, very, very moving. Um, now, I want to talk a little Thank bit you about very much. You, you have a very interesting uh, guitar style, too. You play, what, almost exclusively with the thumb. That's true, Luke. Okay? That's true. And, like, I, uh... you, you know who Wes Montgomery was, of course. You, and so, you and know what? I, I, I love that, Wes. I, see, I think Wes Montgomery when I see that. But talk a little bit about the, the thumb. <laughs> I was, <laughs> you know, that's a great West Montgomery tune called The yeah. Thumb that I play sometimes, you know. Uh, I will tell you the truth again, since uh, the new record is Truth, and I like using this line. But uh, I actually, I knew of West Montgomery when I left the pick. When I joined Willie Kent's band, um, when I started playing guitar, I did not have a pick. I did not own a pick, so I strummed with my fingers, but more like arpeggios with all five fingers, kind of like a country player, a delta player or a country player would play acoustic guitar. Okay. Uh, then I found a flat pick, or I was given a flat pick, and started picking with a pick as I saw a video of, of Clapton or of B.B. King, and 
When I joined Willie Kent's band, I was actually playing with a pick, and shortly after, I I think I held the pick in a way that that kind of I held it sideways that allowed me to play with the pick, but also have a touch in the thumb. I like the sound this way more. And mm-hmm. shortly and surely, I just put the th- the pick away, mostly by watching a few clips of uh, Albert King, who played with his thumb, and Albert Collins, who played with his finger, and Gatemouth came to town and played with the finger, Gatemouth Brown. And I said, you know what, let me try without. And I discovered that the sound was a lot more uh, unique to me. It allowed me to find uh, my own touch. I was able to feel the guitar a little bit better, I felt. I lost some speed. I remember the first night I kind of got, uh, got got scared that I couldn't be as as fast, but I remember Willie Ken telling me that, you know, he said, wow, what did you do tonight? I said, I did not play with the pick. He said, just keep that. It's, you sounded like yourself. And he was right. Mm-hmm. And after after he, like about a couple of years after that, I got a hold. I was getting into more into jazz uh, through Jim McGriff, through Charlie Parker and Ray Charles. And I was, uh, I picked up a, a West Montgomery album, actually the incredible jazz guitar of West Montgomery. And then I saw that he played with his thumb. I remember almost wanting to, you know, to, I kind of got, I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I want to play piano or guitar. I wanted to play more piano by that point. And when I heard him, I said, you know what? You have a lot more to do on this instrument. You know, I heard Wes and I was really inspired. Uh, and I thought then that, you know, I could, I, if I practice a little bit, then, or, more, or a lot, I could, I could increase the speed, you know, because Wes played wonderful and very accurate as well and very oh, fast. Yeah. I don't think you need, you need to play. I, personally, I don't, I don't see a need to play faster than the speed that he accomplishes at, at fast tempo. So it really gave me, a, gave me hope that it, it could even be done because I wasn't, you know, I, I did not know that he picks with his thumb. And then when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is great, you know. So, uh, yeah, I pick mostly with my thumb. When I play acoustic or when I play more delta style or more finger, I do, I do pick with, my, uh, with, my, with the rest of my fingers if I would like to play, let's say, a Robert Johnson song or Lightning Hopkins. But uh, as far as the solo that you hear, my solo playing with my band, it's pretty much exclusively with uh, just anchoring my right hand on the guitar and uh, picking, picking with my right thumb. Um. Before we, because I want to get into the record and, and all that, but I, ha- I have to ask, um, why the Telecaster? Wow, uh, Lou, I'm, I'm telling you something. I, uh, as a child, I think I, I, I did not like the shape of the Telecaster too much, I have to tell uh-huh. you, and I did not, uh-huh. again, coming from a small place, I didn't have a large... Uh, an opportunity to see or feel instruments. So I think I, I had a black, uh, I picked up, I bought, I saved money and bought a Stratocaster because everybody played one, you know, it was mm-hmm. the most popular guitar. And then I came to the United States and uh, I knew that uh, I saw an album cover of, uh, album cover of Albert Collins, I speak and he played a Telecaster and a few Muddy Waters played a Telecaster. I still did not like it. I have to tell you the truth. I liked what they were doing, but I was not a big fan one day I walked to a store here in Chicago and I saw a wall of a few old Telecasters. One, for some reason, looked very appealing to me. It was older, it was blonde. It was it is the one on the cover of the record, by the way. And uh, uh-huh. I picked it up and it felt wonderful. It, it was responsive. I bent one note and it just went the right way. It, it felt really like it was a part of my hand the way the guitar felt. Uh, back then, the guitar was not 
I, I don't know. I, I was very shocked. You know, I remember people mm-hmm. turning online and saying, wow, what is it? I'm like, I don't know. What is this guitar? And he told me a little bit about it. And it was that particular guitar that uh, I was able to get then. It, uh, and it really helped me. You know, I felt like I was coming to my own sound. And then I grew to love after. It was really that particular guitar. It wasn't really because it was a Telecaster. It was that particular one that I had the chance of holding in my hands and playing. It feels really good. Then I started loving the fact uh, that it's very simple. You have to pretty much play a Telecaster. It's very revealing. It, it is only one tone, one volume, two pickups, one switch. It's pretty much, you know, it leaves me leaves me an opportunity to express myself with uh, less of messing with effects and pedals. I, I do not own any effects. So the only thing I have is a guitar and my Fender Quad Reverb, the old quads that I played through. And I like the simplicity of a Telecaster, the fact that it, uh, it allows you to be accurate, uh, it allows you to cut through and be warm uh, at the same time, if, if you know how, how to, you know, how to, to locate your fingers and your, your hands on the guitar. So I like the simplicity. <laughs> uh, it's, a, uh, it's one of those guitars that, um, you know, you see somebody committed to the Telecaster, you could, that, you could tell that guitar grabbed them. And, like, it just, you know... <laughs> And that's it. And it was it won't let go. I mean, guys that love love Telecasters, they're like, you know, you, you, and then the rest of the world is scratching their head, you know. <laughs> you know. Why are you playing that? That's the first guitar that was ever made. It's like, why would you drive? I had a I had a guy at the Lucifer asked me, thinking, "Why you play Telecasters? You wouldn't drive a Model T uh, Ford." <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. It just it just speaks to me, right? You know. So, uh, I hear you. <laughs> but let's talk I hear about you. It just let's, feels good. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's simple and it feels good. It plays good. I used a couple of large, big boxes when I played jazz, but you know, I, now I even do this on the Telecaster. I just mm. feel comfortable. And the truth for two, if I go on the road, I mean, it fits in a small case. It's yeah. strong. It's a durable guitar, and it feels right. You know, it, I don't know. It just it does the job for me. I think. Absolutely. Oh, it sure does. Okay, let's talk about your uh, new. Um, there's so much we could talk about because you have a you did a, a record with Robert Johnson songs where you played acoustic. <laughs> we don't have time to get into everything. You have a really I could talk to you for like a long time, but we'll we'll narrow it down. Let's talk <laughs> about the the new record. It's called Truth. And talk, let's yes. talk a little bit about the songs. Now, now you did you is this a, all originals or did you bring in some remakes and who you worked with somebody to help you uh, uh, write? Correct. Yes, that's that's correct. I did do quite a few uh, standards on it, uh, mm-hmm. a few remakes. Uh, first, I had uh, Richard Sherman, Dick Sherman, produced the record. Dick and I have been close friends. He produced Otis Rush and Albert Collins, so it was wonderful for me that he wanted to, he thought enough of me to want to produce my album, and it was a wonderful cooperation between us. And uh, we talked about tunes. Uh, there are a couple of tunes that were uh, done by B.B. King and as soon as we decided to do the record, very short while after B.B. King passed away, and it was obvious for me that I wanted to pay my tribute. And uh, I did a couple of... Uh, Dick Sherman brought to the table um, Bad Case of Love, the old B.B. King number, which I did my arrangement and brought the horns and my background vocalist to sing with me. Uh, there Must Be a Better World Somewhere is also one I did by him. There are a few Ray Charles uh, nods and Percy Mayfield, who is also an influence on me. Uh, I did an old uh, jazzier standard called, uh, you probably remember this one, I Got a Right to Sing the Blues that I first mm-hmm. heard Louis Armstrong do. And um, 
And an Albert King, uh, one by the great Albert King, if the washer don't get you, the wrenching will. Also, uh, Johnny Guitar Watson, it's about the dollar bill. It's We wanted to touch different aspects of my music. Uh, uh, you know, soul and rhythm and blues, we did a Seesaw and the opening track. And the original material, uh, there's one called uh, an instrumental that I wrote for the session titled King Thing. Uh, that gives me a, a chance to, to stretch out and, uh, and play some. And uh, three more original uh, cuts that uh, I had a wonderful uh, pleasure of writing with uh, Mr. David Ritz, who co-wrote the autobiography of uh, Ray Charles and B.B. King and Buddy Guy and Willie Nelson and Aretha Franklin and so many wonderful uh, musicians. Uh, we met here in Chicago, and he enjoyed my live show. Uh, he was with Buddy Guy, actually, at Buddy Guy's Legends, and uh, uh, he came to see the show. Buddy told him he should see me play live, and he came, and we became friends, and uh, we wrote the title track, Truth, uh, another uh, song that I that I had the pleasure of writing with him called My Happiness, which I'm featuring a, a wonderful vocalist by the name of Sarah Marie Young, who sings the duet with me. And um, and a day in a life with the blues, which is a which is a more straight blues cut that kind of that we wrote for the record as well. Um, when you um sit down to to when you you're going to plan out a record, I mean, your sound is very well developed. I mean, you know, going through you do have that the acoustic record that we talked about, but it seems like you kind of came out kind of pretty full well-formed in terms of, like, what you're going to do with the sort of, like, big band backing you up and everything like that. Like, how did you sort of, like, kind of, like, settle on that? I mean, because Truth carries that sound, yeah. of course. Through the, how did it – talk about that a little bit for me. Yeah, of course. Uh, again, I have to say that it's probably rooted in me. You know, playing a, playing a horn, playing a clarinet as a young kid, I always loved the sound of a horn section or an orchestra behind you. Uh, being a big uh, big fan of uh, of Ray Charles, of Nat Cole, of Louis Armstrong, of B.B. King and Albert King, you know, these of T-Bone Walker, these gentlemen always have, a, always, almost always had a, a semi-larger band, even if, and it's a smaller configuration with a few horns. So I think that I listen and I write uh, music kind of having that in the back of my mind, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, kind of like I will come up with a line or with a lyric, and I will already hear kind of the big picture, how I want the drums to lay it down, where the bass goes, and always, almost kind of in my left ear, like I would like the horns to come here and to lay a pass for me, or to come and nail the dagger to let me swing, you know, swing a note around it. So I think I kind of, it, it's part of the sound for me. I mean, I do enjoy other types of music that do not have horns, but you hear it through truth. Everything was uh, preconceived. I had uh, the horn arrangements. I did them before we came to the studio. You know, I uh, everything was like intact. And I rehearsed my rhythm section. I rehearsed the horn section separately. And I rehearsed my background vocalist, uh, the background vocalist separately and came up with uh, different arrangements that uh, I wanted to complement the big picture and allow me yeah. to, you know, kind of dance on top, sing and put the guitar leads on top. It's, uh, I like it. It's, it's kind of like a game, not like, a, like a nice game that you can kind of entertain with different parts weaving in and out and allow you to enjoy a full picture. Um, now, how do you negotiate this with touring? Do um, you take a big band on the road, or how, how does that work? Because it's really a big part of your sound. I mean, I'm sure you're you're not going to go out as a you know as a sort of three piece act. 
Yeah, I, uh, there are a few things. You know, uh, being in Chicago for, for a while, I had a few different formats. I do perform solo. I do solo shows, which is just me playing, you know, hmm. the solo okay. material. If it's like jazzier standards and also uh, uh, Delta Blues. But when I travel with the band, I, I either uh, I have a format of keeping my rhythm section and adding two horns. In, in the record, you hear a lot of the material has only two horns. Some has three. So uh, the tenor and the trumpet, having them as well as my uh, pianist, uh, drummer, and bass, gives me I can I can modify the arrangements just a little bit and still make it sound like as good as the record, as full as the record. So, and that uh, you know, for budget uh, issues, with this uh, myself and a five-piece band, uh, I'm able to to duplicate. Uh, the sounds from the record and uh and and have you you know have you come see live what you hear on the record that's which that's is not easy as you know yeah. traveling <laughs> with a five piece and yourself but it's doable more than a 10 piece you know no oh, yeah yeah um so, <laughs> so what um so tell us what's uh the the re- truth tr- when did truth come out what a few months ago or uh yeah not even uh it's a month uh it came out oh, okay. in february they came out in, february. in the middle okay. of february so, so what's coming up? What's the next six to twelve months uh, look like for Guy King? Wow. Well, uh, that's you know I I hope Lou that uh, it looks like <laughs> I could come everywhere possible uh, with my uh, full band and perform live and uh, perform at more festivals and put my foot in more places physically so you can uh, yeah. so I can enjoy the places and the people and the people hopefully can enjoy what I bring to the table live because. Uh, you have all the energy and the things that you know that should be better than listening to the record. So I'm hoping that the record could uh, could open us more doors and uh, to be able to bring the music live to more wonderful venues, uh, more cities, more towns in the United States and abroad. Uh, do you have a tour planned yet, or that just hasn't like you haven't gotten that far yet? There is a, a, I'm performing a lot around Chicago, you can see. Mm -hmm. It looks like in June I'll be coming to California to do a series of shows in L.A., in Southern California, and I'm looking to extend it more. I just uh, had a couple of contacts to do something uh, overseas. I'm hoping to get back to to Brazil. Nothing is, uh, other than the things I told you that were already uh, approved and can be advertised. Uh, We are working on more things. I'm open to uh, to more possibilities because uh, you know we feel uh, we feel hot and ready and we'd love to bring the music live. So we are adding more things as we go, and uh, you know it's all a question of uh, of supply and demand. So as hopeful, you know the demand seems to grow, and I'll be more than happy to to supply it by arriving to the places physically. You can go anywhere, right? <laughs> if they want to hear you, I would, you're you know, <laughs> I, I, I really, we really record it because knowing that we can duplicate it live, or we yeah. can do it as good as the record or even better because you can see us sweat while we're playing, you know, so <laughs> it will really be, it will really be a pleasure to, you know, to travel with the record and with the extra material that I did before and that hopefully I'll be able to record on the next record and, and bring it, Bring it physically to the to the venues. It will be wonderful. Um, okay, so how can people, in the meantime, how can people ke- uh, keep up with uh, what you have going on? And if they are in the Chicago area, or 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 maybe later on this year out in LA or or, or California, how can they yeah. find out what's going on with you? Give us the information. Yeah, of course, Lou. Uh, you can see uh, it through my website. It's uh, guyking.net. 
and you can see all of my information, uh, new releases, uh, uh, new videos that are coming out. Uh, it seems like we'll be releasing a video for the title track for Truth in the next few days as well. And uh, the calendar will be updated. Again, it's guyking.net. You can join my email list there, and you can uh, join uh, the Facebook page and the Instagram page and be keep, uh, keep in touch with me personally and uh, see when we are coming to your town and ask for us as well to come, you know. I mean, uh, festivals and venues uh, do listen to their uh, paying customers. So uh, if people are enjoying my music, and uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled, I'm in awe, and it'll be my pleasure to, to come and, uh, and perform personally. Uh, well, uh, Pittsburgh is a pretty big blues town, so, and I do, have, I do know some folks, so I will definitely uh, float it and see, uh, see if we can uh, maybe get you, uh, get you out here because uh, I, would yeah, see you you, I would love to see you live. I, would just, I watched a few uh, YouTube videos uh, of you, uh-huh. and I could see the, uh, the energy, the passion, you know, uh, and just a, just a total vir- virtuoso playing, too. So that really could Thank be, you. be exciting. Well, so. <laughs> that's so nice of you, Lou. Now you tell me something. Isn't George Benson originally from Pittsburgh? The original, George Benson is originally from Pittsburgh, yeah. Well, well, you know, Benson is another one of a wonderful guitarist that's an influence on me. And I think from uh, Pennsylvania, you, a lot of my Jimmy McGriff came, came around from the Art Blakey, Errol Garner. Yeah. These are the, all of, all of the above I mentioned are some of my largest influence, some of my biggest influence. It will be really even more of a pleasure to come to your town and uh, and do and play. We'll see if we can get the word out for you. Uh, anything that you want to, any closing comments, anything you want to say before we uh, wrap up here? Again, I am thankful for you for you having me on your show, and uh, you can see me at guyking.net. See what I do and where we're we doing it, and. Uh, I want to thank you, Lou. I had a wonderful time. Thank you for the for the questions and uh, your interest in uh, in my music and in my new album, Truth. Um, if you could hang on, I'm going to wrap things up. But I would like to ask you a bonus question. You got a minute for that? You got time for that? Of course, of course, uh, of course. Okay. All right, all right. Hey guys, you've been listening to uh, my uh, interview here with Guy King. And Guy is just a uh, just an amazing musician. You've got you've got to go check out check it out. Go to GuyKing.net, and uh, you can uh, find everything there. There's a great sort of samples and some excellent videos where you can, you know, kind of get up close and personal with Guy. Just go check that out at GuyKing.net. Guys, you have been listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Uh, that is LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com, and uh, you can go there every Wednesday. There's a new interview, and every Saturday there's a new music podcast. Uh, one more time, thank my sponsor, Positively Pittsburgh Live, PPL mag.com and guys if you uh, would like to get involved and support independent music please uh, go to the website supportindierock.com that is supportindierock.com where you can become a part of what we have going on here to promote these amazing artists that just you know they, they're, they're, they're not going to make it on to uh, probably not make it on commercial radio they're not going to be on the Voice or uh, American Idol or anything like that. You know, this is the real music, and uh, we need to get out there and uh, show our support for it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Guy King, thank you, and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.